Hello and welcome to the Work Less Live More podcast with me, Tammy Thomas, founder of the Live 360 brand. This is a podcast exploring how we can ditch toxic productivity, work less and live more whilst creating the work and holistic wealth we desire. It's high time that we remember we work to live. Hello, hello, hello. I am back on your airwaves. Do you know what? I've got a confession. I have got two interview podcasts with wonderful women, juicy content, but I am just not getting round to editing them because I've got quite a lot on. And that quite a lot on feels very big inside my soma, my body. So I'm giving myself really good distractions by creating other content. This is how I roll. I am allowing myself to do what I do and be how I be because I know it's going to be all good. But oh my goodness. Any road, I am here with a quick podcast because I shared a post on my Instagram earlier on today asking women to contact me if they are ready to acknowledge that they're ambitious. And the reason I shared that is because I have seen the difference when my coaching clients own their ambitions and go for it. And when they're playing hide and seek with their ambition, I also know from my own experience what it is like to play hide and seek with my ambition and the difference in my life, in my mood, in my actions, in the whole shebang when I'm honest with myself about my ambitions. And I'm here to tell you that ambition is not bad. I know that we have role models for ambition that don't feel good. I know that it can really fit into the kind of like feel the fear and do it anyway. The bro marketing kind of wake up at 5am, don't go to sleep until you've made 10k and all of that kind of stuff. But it doesn't have to be that way. We have to make a concerted effort to define things for ourselves. Language is important. The words we use on a regular basis shape our reality because words give us meaning and that meaning informs how we live. So I just want to share, Ovs, going to the dictionary. The dictionary definition of ambition is a strong desire to do or achieve something. It doesn't say that you don't sleep so you can do something. It doesn't say that you have to turn into some obnoxious character and um, ignore your values and be out of of integrity. It doesn't say you have to be absolutely knackered to the point of burnout, which for me is what I saw sold on the internet. Not like directly sold, but people who talked about having ambition and all of that kind of stuff seem to be the people that would share posts about there was one post I saw, I was like, ew, it said something like, um, if you woke up broke, you shouldn't have gone to sleep. Please. That is just so gross. And there's all that stuff about waking up at five o'clock in the morning and whatnot. Now, caveat, I wake up at 5.30 and I start my day at 6am. And I'm not saying that to uh, influence you in any way whatsoever. But I am sharing that with you because if I thought about waking up at that time of day from the perspective of these like bro marketers that think that 5am is the holy grail, I would not do it. In fact, when I first heard it, it it repulsed me and it sparked my inner rebel. That's like, if you say, right, I'm going to go left. 
But what I realised is when I started to observe my natural rhythms and see where I work best, I'm much better at my creative endeavours early in the morning. So I wake up at half five, I do my personal practice, my spiritual stuff, chat with God and honour the ancestors and move my body and all of that. And then I start my day at six o'clock and that works better for me. It also helps me sleep better because I've started my day earlier and I get more done and I don't work until the late hours. Quite often my day is over by three o'clock earlier than that sometimes and my day also includes lots of self-care I'm not just powering through the whole day stuck at my desk and that came from me owning my ambition and knowing that my ambition isn't the same as um I don't know whoever else that, that that bit doesn't matter so it was really important for me to own that for myself and owning your ambition helps you own your dreams and stop pretending you're ambitious because you're afraid of what other people might think. So because we have judgments about what ambition means because of what we've seen around, we can also unconsciously be worried that people are going to judge us by those same standards if we own that we're ambitious. But when you don't own your ambition, when you play it down, you play small and you hold yourself back which prevents you from achieving your full potential. Why? Because when you don't own how ambitious you are, you don't set appropriate goals or intentions or whatever language you like to use. When you're not owning how ambitious you are and when you're not owning like how big you are energetically and all the things you want to cultivate and experience, you set goals that that are not in alignment with the truth of who you are. And the first consequence of doing that is a lack of motivation. Now, don't get me wrong. Motivation doesn't last. Motivation is like the starter motor. We cannot rely on motivation, but we need motivation for that get up and go. Um, you Like the starter motor gets the car going. And if you're not honest with yourself about what you really want, it's hard to stay motivated. And then it's hard to build the momentum that supports like a cruise control that is guiding you towards the direction of your goal, ambition, intention, whatever language you want to use, because you're not focused. You're not focused on what you really want. Instead, your whole um, energy is becoming dank and heavy because you're settling for what you think you can get. You're settling for what keeps you below the radar. You're settling for what is unlikely to um, cause judgment. You're settling for what's going to keep you like right in the center of your comfort zone. I'm not somebody that talks about being outside your comfort zone and all this and all that, but there are some times we need to step just a little bit outside our comfort zone so that we can expand our comfort zone to meet us where we are. It's that window of tolerance, widening that window of tolerance, um, building your resilience so that you're able to build your capacity to hold more. And when you're not clear about your ambitions, when you're not owning yourself, you're abandoning yourself, which means you're settling for what in your nervous system feels like scraps. And the kind of language I use, it feels like you're mugging yourself off. You're not taking yourself seriously. You're not telling yourself the truth. And you are being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You are, you're not honouring the truth of who you are and you are gaslighting yourself that's the word, you are gaslighting yourself because you have embodied shame that doesn't belong to you. You've embodied shame based on how you're judging people, but it's not actually true for who you are. 
And then this means you miss out on opportunities. When you don't express your ambitions openly, you're going to miss out on um, opportunities that would help you reach your goals. You're not going to put yourself forward for things because you're going to be um, feeling unsafe and dysregulated, not because you are not worthy of these opportunities, not because you can't handle these opportunities, but because you are out of alignment and the relationship, your inner relationship is based on untruths. So your body, which includes your mind, does not trust that you are able to do what it takes to make use of those opportunities because the evidence you have provided yourself with is settling, is setting goals that do not um, align with the truth of your ambitions and your potential. So it's like, well, if you're not even admitting to yourself how ambitious you are, and if you're not creating goals that are in alignment, your body's not going to consent because it's like, I don't trust you to make good on this thing. So a lot of times people get really worried about coaching investments. And whilst there are many coaches, mentors, etc., who aren't really doing what they say they're going to do, and that can be off-putting. I know a lot of people that have been burnt by coaching. I've had experiences myself. And there are lots of people that um, I've worked with who um, part of the work we've done together is healing the wounds they've experienced from other coaching relationships. But when you um, don't create that trusting relationship with yourself, you project that outwards. So it's not just about you've had experiences where coaching has let you down. You don't trust that you can make good on the coaching. You don't trust that you're going to um, make a return on your investment. So you end up in a situation where you go into coaching experiences, spending money rather than going into a coaching experience, feeling powerful, feeling powerfully aligned to your ambitions and making the decision that you're going to enter into this coaching relationship with the full intention of making a return on your investment. Something I do for myself and I encourage my clients to do is to go into a coaching relationship deciding that you are there to make a 10 times, inv um, a 10 times, um, my mind's just gone totally blank, a 10 times return on your coaching investment. When you do that, you just show up differently. You embody yourself differently and you're much more discerning about the coaching relationship. You make sure that you are there to get what you need to get so that you can be the person you need to be to do what you want to do to have what you need to have. When you go into a coaching relationship, when in embodying that kind of power, you're less likely to go along with everything the coach says, and you're much more likely to be discerning and to be an advocate, advocate for yourself and look at that coaching experience and apply it to you. So you take what you want, leave the rest, and don't try to fit into somebody else's mould. Instead, you take that mould and you work with that coach to dismantle that mode to a degree so that it works with you. There are too many times people haven't been able to make good use of coaching because they're trying to be like their coach. They're trying to follow a, a formula to the T in a way that doesn't suit and honour them. I don't sell I'm going to show you my unique formula because number one, most of the formulas are not unique. 
Most of the formulas are available on Google. When you Google things, you will see there's not much difference. But my approach to holding space for you is different. It is informed by somatics. It is informed by social work. And the premise of those two modalities alone, never mind my character, is meeting you where you are and adapting things so they can bring out the best in you rather than trying to squash you in to what I think. And when you walk into a coaching relationship, fully owning yourself and saying, this is what I need, it is much more Um, it is much easier for you and the coach to adapt the system to work with you. Now, I'm not talking about your resistance. I'm not talking about you avoiding things that make you feel uncomfortable, because guess what? Growth is very uncomfortable. Growth can be more uncomfortable than staying the same because you know exactly how to stay the same. You know how to control the outcomes of staying the same. However, That need for control as a means of managing yourself and life means that the um, uncertainty of growth, because we cannot guarantee how our growth is going to go, and the lack of knowledge we have about what's on the other side of growth can be really discombobulating because we don't know how to control it. So growth can actually be way more terrifying than staying the same. Because again, our inbuilt negativity bias is designed to protect us by dismissing and being suspicious of the unknown, even when the unknown is in service of our greater good. So Going into a coaching relationship, growth, whatever kind of situation you're going into, mentorship, whatever, being honest about who you are and what you want makes all of the difference. And it means that when you create opportunities or you're presented with opportunities, you're not going to be shit scared because your capacity is going to be big enough to hold that. And if it's not big enough to hold that at that moment, you know that it is not big enough to hold it yet. So instead of seeing that as an obstacle, you see that as part of the journey and part of your journey being to grow your capacity so that you can hold space for that. Another consequence of not being honest with yourself about your ambition is low self-esteem is low self-worth because you're cheating yourself, because you're being, out of in- um, you're being out of integrity with yourself. It means that your internal beliefs, your subconscious beliefs and your conscious beliefs are out of alignment. They are out of whack. And your subconscious beliefs will always outweigh your conscious beliefs because our subconscious makes up almost 95% of our brain capacity and our conscious is 5%. So that 5% is battling against a huge 95% that has been built across your lifetime. Owning your ambition and really working on the habits, the behaviours, the beliefs, etc. that are in support of your ambition rather than in support of your fear are going to support you build high self-worth, high self-trust. When you don't do that, you are playing into feelings of um, insecurity and low self-esteem and you are playing into um, patterns from your past. 
you are now becoming, you are now embodying the behaviour of people who let you down previously because you've become accustomed to it. You're now foreboding joy and um, preventing yourself from disappointment by not trying in the first place. You're judging yourself by standards you've seen rather than taking a breath and thinking, oh, hold on a minute, I can create my standard for me. I am the best person. I'm in the best position to create standards for myself. And when you are not operating in that way, when you are, as I said, cheating yourself and you're not owning your, your um, ambitions, you start to believe that your goals are not worth pursuing. You start lowballing yourself. And what I said earlier on, you start going for what you can get as opposed to growing your capacity for what you want, because you have a deep seated belief that you're not capable of achieving them. And when you have that deep seated belief, you're going to create a reality that reflects your belief, notwithstanding um, systems, uh, systemic things and uh, systems of oppression, all of that kind of stuff. So I'm not talking about that stuff because there definitely are oppressive systems at play that do not serve the vast majority of humans. Never mind if you are a person of colour, if you are a woman, if you are um, trans, if you have a disability and all of those sorts of things. But there are things that are absolutely within our control. We absolutely do have a say about how things go and we manifest that from our beliefs. If you believe you're not capable of achieving these things, you are going to unconsciously create scenarios, situations, environments, etc. that will help you manifest what you believe, which is that you're not capable of achieving them. And it doesn't matter what you are doing externally, whether that is engaging in educational programs, training programs, coaching, mentorship, whatever. When you have that deeply held belief that you're not capable, coaching on top of that, doing education, etc. on top of that is not going to work. Because again, you're trying to use conscious activity to disrupt subconscious activity. You need to work at the level of your beliefs. And that's going to take more than signing up for all the courses, all the programs, etc. Because you're not going to be working at the level of you, you're not going to be meeting yourself where you are, you're going to be stuck trying to meet yourself at your goals without acknowledging that you need to admit that you are ambitious so that you can create steps that take you from where you are now towards your ambition. Instead of that, you're going to try and make really huge leaps towards your ambition without doing the work in between, which can feel very boring and not exciting. And you're going to be in that boom and bust cycle of like huge sympathetic nervous system fight or flight activity to try and leap towards your ambition and then come crashing down when your ambition isn't realized because you're not taking the steps in between to build the habits, the behaviors and the beliefs that support that journey. Another consequence of not owning your ambition is a lack of recognition. When you're not owning your ambition, it means that you're less likely to speak up about your ambitions. You're less likely to be clear about who you are, the value you offer and the strength of your work in this world. You're less likely to have intrinsic self-worth because you're spending a lot of time denying your reality 
because it feels too big and too scary for you, which means you're not taking up space as the authority you are. And then you can end up judging people who are taking up that space or frankly envying them because you're projecting parts of you you are unwilling to acknowledge onto them and uh, because they are exhibiting the behaviour you're not willing to own. So then you envy them, which is basically wanting what other people have got, not realising that what you're lusting after is stuff you recognise of yourself that is being reflected back from them, but you are feeling triggered by it because you know that you have the potential to operate in that way in your own special way, but you're frightened of it. So you make that person the bad guy because it helps you with not owning who you really are. I hope that made sense. It made sense to me, but then I'm thinking, did that make sense elsewhere? If you have any questions about that, please do feel free to hit me up on Instagram. My DMs are open for this conversation, Um, but I know you know what I mean. And I'll be totally honest with you, right? There have been times I have envied people that I don't want to be like at all, but I am so envious that they go out and do what they want without doing a training course first, without coaching with somebody for God knows, long how, God knows how long first, without doing all of this deep inner work I think I need to do to justify being able to do this thing that's on my heart that I damn well know I'm capable of. And when I am not owning that, I am then getting envious of other people because they're ballsy enough They're courageous enough to say, I trust myself to create this thing. I'm going to go out there and do it. I don't need to earn and prove my worth first because I'm already worthy. When you put that shit down and own your ambition, you will be able to work at a faster rate without burnout and depleting yourself. It actually becomes regenerative because you're building momentum that feels unstoppable. When you operate like that, those feelings of disappointment and unfulfilled potential, they dissipate. Yes, you're going to make mistakes. Yes, you're going to have some failures. Yes, you're going to take some L's. But those L's are not going to be um, losses. They're going to be lessons. You're going to be moving so quickly. And I don't mean like quantum, whatever. But you're going to be moving at such um, pace that you look at the lessons and you apply them moving forward. So they become sources of growth. As I like to say, that shit will become fertilizer. But shit doesn't become fertilizer when you're spending too much time rolling around in it, feeling uh, quite frankly sorry for yourself and um, beating yourself up and trying to, I don't know, motivate yourself with shame and blame. You're just going to end up lying down. And when you lie down in that shit, it's not going to be fertilizer. You're just going to end up stinking. We don't want you to be stinking. We want that shit to become potent, potent fertilizer. So... I hear you asking, what can I do if I find myself pretending not to be ambitious? Well, first, I want you to get clear on your goals and your aspirations. Write them down, visualize them. As you visualize them, allow yourself to feel it inside your body. Maybe put your hand on your heart and imagine that vision entering your heart. 
and something to give it a bit of context, something like I like to do. I like a five year time frame. I really like a decade, but I like to break it down in five years and three years. So what I invite you to do is think about the life you want to be living in the next five years and the work you want to create to support that. And I want you to use that as your vision and think backwards from five years time to now so that you're reverse engineering that vision and really allow yourself to feel into that as if you're experiencing that right now. I also suggest setting achievable milestones that meet you where you are rather than judging yourself according to where you think you should be. And then using that five year, three year, whatever it is, um, time frame and reverse engineering it, you're then creating milestones. So something I really love to do with that five years in mind, I then break that down into annual goals and then I break that down into quarterly goals. So whilst I'm talking about quarters, so uh, in March, I held a um, purposeful and aligned Q2 business planning retreat. When I'm doing that, that Q2 for me is in service of what I want to achieve over this year. And what I want to achieve over this year is in service to what I want to achieve over the next five years. It's not a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's a long term, committed, loving relationship. So I want you to think about it in that way and actually write it down. And then I want you to find a support system and surround yourself with people who believe in you and support your ambitions. Now, obviously, I will mention my Thrive, Flourish and Prosper Mastermind because you will absolutely get that support in there. However, if that doesn't feel accessible to you at the moment, and even if that doesn't feel like it's of interest, I absolutely recommend you finding yourself some growth buddies, an ambition partner, not necessarily somebody you have a close relationship with. It could be a pal you have DM chats with on Instagram, for example. Somebody who is going to appreciate you for who you are now and the ambitions you have, as opposed to somebody who is going to be thinking about you based on what they know about you from when they've known you since 1997 and all of that kind of stuff. You want somebody who is going to fan the embers of your ambitions and is going to check in with you and support you in a way that you can feel and appreciate to um, meet your goals. So that's it from now. Last word, stop holding yourself back. Start owning your dreams. It's time to make your mark on the world and let people know what you're made of. And that starts with owning your ambitions. When you don't own your ambitions, you are not in right relationship with yourself because you are not telling yourself the truth. I want you to take a moment and think about how you have felt when you have been with somebody and you know they're not telling you the truth or somebody has said something or behaved in a way with you and then you've come away and thought, hold on, that don't make no sense. Like they're not telling the truth. Think about how that feels for you. That's what you create on the inside when you don't own your ambition. If you're interested in finding out more about my mastermind, if you are somebody who wants to finally acknowledge their ambition fully and start making consistent 5k months, 
in the next three months and then use that as a launch pad to grow and scale your business. There's a link wherever you're listening to this. Let's have a chat. Let's see what's possible. Let's co-create something powerful.